0: Support for
1: AHLA comes from Realty Trust Group, a real estate advisory and services firm offering a full spectrum of real estate services, including advisory, development, transactions, operations, and compliance. Since 1998, RTG has helped health systems, physician groups, and property owners navigate the rapidly changing industry with growth strategies that gain market leadership and enhance patient and physician experiences for better delivery of care. For more information, visit RealtyTrustGroup.com.
2: Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Goran Machinovich. I'm a vice president and attorney at Realty Trust Group, and I serve as the leader of RTG's Real Estate Compliance Service Line. Today, I have the privilege of serving as the moderator for our esteemed panel. But before I introduce them and start the conversation, I want to take a second to talk about healthcare real estate. Real estate is an essential element of healthcare. It is the place where healthcare services are delivered to patients. But beyond serving as a place to put patients and doctors, when used effectively, real estate allows providers to improve access to care, improve the patient and physician experiences, enter new markets, provide new services, gain market share, reduce costs, and generate significant revenues. It's always worth remembering that real estate often accounts for up to 30% of health systems assets on a balance sheet, and hospitals own approximately 75% of nation's medical office buildings. In contrast, other types of real estate, however, healthcare real estate is heavily regulated. The Stark Law, the Anti-Kickback Statute, the False Claims Act, and a myriad of other healthcare statutes and regulations create a complex regulatory environment in which healthcare providers must operate daily. A course of action that may be perfectly acceptable in any other type of real estate transaction could, in the context of healthcare real estate, result in serious regulatory violations and expose healthcare providers to significant liability which can wipe out years of profitable business ventures. Given its large percentage of health systems total assets and its business and legal implications, real estate touches multiple departments in health systems, including real estate and property management departments, legal and compliance departments, accounting and audit departments, and the C-suite, just to name a few. Whenever RTGs engage engaged by health systems to help them improve their real estate functions, a common problem we find is that many of the aforementioned departments work in silos, Simply put, they fail to communicate with each other. And because they do not know what their respective responsibilities, goals, objectives, and challenges are, they do not operate as a strong, cohesive team, which in turn has negative consequences on the real estate function. The goal of this podcast series is to help provide insights to our listeners about the respective responsibilities, goals, objectives, and challenges of the departments involved in real estate, with hope that this will help facilitate the communication between the various departments touching real estate in their organizations. In this first part of three podcast series, we're going to gain valuable insights from Health Systems in house real estate counsel. So, without further ado, let's begin by introducing you to today's panel. We're joined by a superstar panel of four in house lawyers who work for some of the premier health systems across the United States. Kelly Adams, who serves as corporate counsel at SCL Health in Colorado, Kelly Anderson, who serves as associate general counsel at Baptist Healthcare System in Kentucky. Linda Bielek, who serves as System Director and Senior Counsel for Real Estate at Common Spirit Health in Arizona, and Mark Wright, who serves as Senior Counsel at University of Rochester in New York. Welcome and thank you all for taking the time to share your expertise with us. Uh, To begin, let's go around the horn um, and have each of you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and your roles in your respective organizations. Kelly Adams, let's start with you. Sure,
3: thanks so much for having me. My name is Kelly Adams, I'm in-house counsel for SEL Health, which is a Catholic health system headquartered in Broomfield, Colorado. We have eight hospitals and over 100 clinics throughout Colorado and Montana. And my role in the organization is to um, provide legal support on a wide range of transactional and regulatory matters, um, including real estate, um, including physician practice acquisitions, and um, also on our joint
2: ventures. Kelly Anderson,
3: what about you? Great,
1: thank you, Goran. My name is Kelly Anderson. As Goran said, I'm assistant General council for Baptist healthcare system. We have eight acute care hospital, actually nine acute care hospitals, we just acquired one, um, across the Commonwealth of Kentucky and in Southern Indiana, um, along with a myriad of employed physicians that um, have offices across Um, Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, Tennessee, um, which keep us quite busy. I am responsible for providing legal support to three of our acute care hospitals. And then I also, on a system-wide level, provide um, support for our pharmacy operations, which includes 340B. Um, I provide uh, all of our hospitals regulatory compliance, uh, legal support, and then I tend to be the go-to attorney in the legal department for um, legal reimbursement questions. Real estate um, is obviously a component and an element um, of my work in covering the three acute care hospitals in my market. And right now, uh, across our system, uh, real estate is probably um, a bit heavier volume um, in the market that I serve. Thanks, Gordon.
2: Thanks, Kelly. Linda? Thanks, Goran. My
0: name is Linda Bielich I'm a Senior uh, System Director and Senior Counsel of Real Estate at Common Spirit. Common Spirit is the largest Catholic healthcare company in the United States. We have, uh, we're present in 21 states. We have over 140 hospitals, um, and with that, over 700 care locations and thousands and thousands of doctors and uh, over 150,000 employees. So we have lots going on here. Um, my primary job is to partner with my client, which is National Real Estate Services to, as you said in your introduction, is really to make sure that we're delivering um, the appropriate real estate uh, for the, to, to, to further the mission of our company, which is to provide healthcare to everybody. Um, So part of that, my my job is to oversee um, our extensive lease portfolio. We have over 4,000 leases in our portfolio, as well as uh, partner with real estate and leadership on physician acquisitions, other types of uh, system acquisitions. Um, I I work on uh, just plain old acquisition disposition of real estate, and again, Putting together um, a, a program to make sure that our our leases run smoothly and um, have a a good quality control and standardization to them um, to keep everything running uh, in tip top shape. I guess.
2: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, sounds, sounds like a lot of work uh, that you have got, got on your plate. Um, Mark- I don't do it
0: by myself. I can't. I can't take that credit. There's a couple of us, but uh, yeah.
4: Mark what about you? yeah thanks for having me uh, Mark Wright from the University of Rochester and and I am a senior counsel for real estate across the uh, the university and so which includes uh, and the majority of what I do is for the University of Rochester Medical Center and affiliated hospitals uh, the medical center is is the largest medical uh, medical system really in in our part of uh, upstate New York which includes Rochester and the finger Lakes and it is gradually creeping towards Buffalo and Syracuse, if you know your map, your New York map, um, and uh, and so you know there's a fair amount of acquisition activity uh, that gets real estate support. But you know a lot of a lot of what I do is is bread and butter, you know, real estate leasing, uh, and you know the portfolio not nearly as large as Linda's, but a, a portfolio of of ongoing leases that need to be amended and updated and and, and that sort of thing. We've done a couple of larger transactions recently, including the um, the acquisition of a substantial portion of a a distressed uh, shopping mall in the area um, to uh, to turn to to transform that into an ambulatory orthopedics campus, which is very exciting and really challenging from a a real estate perspective. Um, So that's uh, that's enough about me.
2: I appreciate that. Um, so, as, as we kind of uh, try to, you know, get a a, get a little more understanding, I think with you know the the way the real estate function uh, is, is structured within within your old um, organization, Mark, we can we can continue with you. But um, in, in terms of the real estate function, you know, who's sort of running the day to day matters? Is that something that uh, your organization has fully internalized? Is it outsourced? Is it like, is it a combination of both? If we can just. Kind of give us some insights as to, as to how you go about uh, you know staffing that
4: function sure yeah uh, we're a combination of both uh you know three years ago i probably spent 50 or 60 percent of my time on real estate and uh and that has grown with the the level and sophistication of the transactions too i, I my boss told me a few months ago i don't have time to do anything but real estate right now. And related construction and facilities uh, matters that go along with that, um, and and we we have outside counsel um, that we use and bring in. Um, but I try to stay involved in every in every matter. You know, so I, I'm I'm at times a significant part of what I do is managing outside counsel and, and working with them. Uh, and you know, in that regard, it's obviously important to have a, a great relationship with that counsel and and. Uh, Try to keep them from going too far uh, uh, into a project, and and there's efficiency to using the same council. Sure.
2: And as far as the, the the real estate personnel themselves go, like is, is there an internal real estate director? Um, you know, I guess some of the boots on the ground, or is that or is that outsourced uh, to a third party firm? Uh,
4: we do have a real estate services group, uh, as well as a, a facilities group, um, yeah. and. One of the challenges that we have is they they have not until uh, until recently. Well, I'm not even sure it's right to say recently. They don't report up in the same in, to the same leadership uh, exactly, and so we sort of have these these two silos, if you will. You talked about silos, yeah. um, but uh, but there is a, a a relatively small real estate group, and as our portfolio has grown, one of the challenges that we face is that you know the real estate personnel, my clients uh, haven't grown with it in the sense that there's just not enough people <laughs> to sure. and so they end, up, they end up outsourcing, uh, you know, to a variety of consultants, sure. uh, you know, a number that a lot of the transactional work.
2: So what has been the impact of, um, you know, at, at, as, as the real estate portfolio has grown and, you know, there, there are limited resources, like, I guess, you know, just from, you know, the, your, your everyday responsibilities, your everyday job, how does, how has that impacted, uh the real estate function that, that 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 rapid growth for the lack of a better word
4: um you know a lot of it is it just there's a lot of time pressure on what we do so that instead of having the ability to sit back and look at you know how we deliver projects on a on a sort of global basis and and make sure we're doing it the most efficiently you know, there's, there's, you know, the cardiac group needs to open. You know, the newest, lease facility, and it needs to be opened by this date. And, and you know, we're chasing deadlines. And so, um, we're trying to to uh, step back more. We have a new director of facilities who uh, is helping us to take a more strategic look because our portfolio is now so big that that there's can be some real benefits to, um, you know, thinking more strategically. um but in the in the short term, it, it's just a, a race to the finish. A lot of days.
2: Yeah. What about you, Linda? When you hear that, is that is that is that something that you see as well um, in your organization? Some of those challenges.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, while we have 140 hospitals, oftentimes you can imagine that it's tough to. You know, we we try to have a company policy, and we do have a company policy across the entire system, but. When it's your hospital and you have this clinic that has to open, it's very personal, right? And so you do, while you try to look at everything as a whole across the system, there are always emergencies popping up. Um, and I'm always on the phone with hospital presidents trying to get their deals done. Um, we are we are fortunate here at Common Spirit that we have a pretty um, vast national real estate services group that's headed up by a um, system senior vice president. <clears throat> and he has really three verticals under him that to handle real estate services, we have a planning, design and construction arm of national real estate services, and also a uh, facilities and energy management, uh, because we're so large, we can really take advantage of our size on things like energy and water. And um, we, we try to we try to maximize those uh, because of that. Um, so all of that sort of rolls up under my little group of, there's three attorneys here at, uh, at, uh, at Common Spirit that, that service National Real Estate Services, and we kind of try to split it up so that um, we can focus on each of those verticals. Um, but yeah, so we, we do have a combination. Again, we have a vast internal department, but we can't do everything Um, So there are things like property management um, that might be um, third party or, you know, obviously we have outside counsel working with us and the legal team to help provide the volume of work that we have to provide.
2: Sure. And just given such a large portfolio, I mean, do you when you you decide which legal counsel, which law firms to select, do you kind of have them? you know, working uh, a specific geographic region or, or the, any, any sort of insight that you can share in terms of selecting outside counsel to uh, assist you with some of those uh, functions?
0: Sure. So one of the keys, at least to what I do, is process and standardization. Um, and so we really need to keep, we have obviously, like I'm sure my colleagues do, Uh, on this panel have forms and templates that we like to use and try to insist upon to keep that um, standardization. It's important for our lease management function. We have a large lease management department, and it obviously makes their job a lot easier if we have a consistent batch of leases and they know, you know, what the parameters are when they operate under each of those. So from a council selection, we try to, uh, we work with Um, variety of... Well, we work with a few firms, but we have a firm that we work with primarily that has a national reach, um, and they have enough capacity to really give us a good team to work across the country. Um, And so we try to keep, even for my sanity, we try to keep most of the work in one place so that I have one counterpart um, that is responsible to report to me. Um, And um, again, we're working. Our merger was about two years ago that created common spirit health. and And it's taken some time to combine all the portfolios and to have them running under the same process. So we're just about there, but it's 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 still taking time to sort of convert all that and turn it into sort of a common spirit product. Uh, and so we're we're pretty knee deep in that right now. So even more important to have uh, sort of consistent representation. Um, and not have to retrain different firms to do what we need them to do.
2: Sure. That's great. Uh, Kelly Anderson, um, when, when you hear uh, uh, Mark and Linda you know, talk, talk about, you know, the the real estate function, how it's staffed, both in terms of, you know, outside legal counsel, as well as, um, in, you know, real estate uh, resources uh, in, with your organization, is it, is it similar or
1: It is. Obviously, Baptist Health has nine hospitals. um, So not quite the portfolio that Linda and Common Spirit um, have. uh, But we have been in growth mode for several years. So we've seen um, not only acquisitions uh, and deals of physician groups, but we've acquired a few hospitals, um, which, you know, people don't think about uh, the real estate when they're doing a hospital acquisition. But the real estate, frankly, can be Um, (laughs) really difficult in a hospital transaction if it has been structured correctly or uh, sometimes you go into small communities um, where there's lots of great relationships but maybe the real estate um, wasn't set up you know, precisely how you'd like to have it set up. We, you know, we've seen that before um, in terms of managing our real estate portfolio, I will say, you know, our strategy has been to own our own real estate primarily rather than um, having a large uh, lease portfolio or working through real estate investment trusts. Um, and so that, you know, does create the need for, you um, a large infrastructure to manage the real estate portfolio, we do have one real estate exec who reports to, um, someone who's over facilities across the system who ultimately reports to our system COO. And then that real estate exec has three different individuals, um, Who are divided amongst our regions in order to provide management of our real estate portfolio? They handle, for the most part, we've really been trying to consolidate real estate over the last few years uh, because historically our hospital operators uh, managed their uh, lease portfolio, whether it be Um, a lease with a physician group or a lease for an employed physician group. And we're trying to transition that under the umbrella of our real estate group. So there's more uh, centralization and standardization. Um, Like Linda, we do use standardized forms. So all of our leases are standardized and we have created our own leases for each suite that we lease to third parties. Um, And then we also have a standardized uh, purchase service agreement that we use for real estate acquisitions. But what I will say about that is no two real estate acquisitions are the same. And every single time that PSA changes, no matter how much I want it to stay the same, it it just does not happen. you know, in terms of the legal services, we have three attorneys who uh, support our hospital operations, and we're primarily involved in providing uh, legal support for our real estate operations. Um, right now, as I mentioned earlier, my market uh, seems to be on fire with real estate acquisitions. Uh, you know, i am Frankly, I'm kind of surprised in the middle of a pandemic that that has seemed to pick up. Um, but I think in terms of global healthcare, we're really in a perfect storm because what we're seeing is a, a big shift of services from out of the hospital and into um, more outpatient settings. And so as a result of that, um, we're seeing hospital systems expand their footprint. You know, it's no longer you just see the H on the side of the highway, and you pull off and there's a hospital building, but rather you're seeing ASCs pop up, outpatient uh, departments, freestanding emergency centers, urgent cares, uh, primary care centers, rural health centers. And so you're seeing a lot more expansion and into the communities that you serve. Um, and, and our real estate function is really to serve our mission to provide access to patients within our community. And so we're uh, strategically looking at all of those access points and our communities to see where there are gaps. Um, and frankly, we want to put real estate, for instance, right off the interstate. We want people to see it. We don't want people to get lost on the way to our building. We want to make it easy to find um, and to see because when you have a child who needs care and it's urgent, you, you know, you want to get there fast and easy.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think that's sort of, uh, you know, you, you, you want to centralize the real estate function and you know, standardize the processes. But you also I think kind of seeing more of a decentralization of making sure that you have the right building, providing the proper services in the, in the correct area. Um, Kelly Adams, is that what you see as well um, uh, in your part of the country and your health system?
3: Yeah, I mean, like others, uh, we've really been in, in growth mode and our system has as a whole been expanding. and as a result, our real estate portfolio has been too. And there you know have certainly been some real challenges in terms of making certain we have the adequate resources and expertise allocated towards our real estate transactions, um, towards our portfolio management and even towards management of our facilities. Um, And so, you know, we've got sort of a hybrid model, I would say, where we have a pretty lean internal team. We have a a real estate executive. Um, He's not just over real estate, though. He's over supply chain as well. Um, We have a a small planning construction team, um, myself and a, a legal analyst. And then we also contract with a third party vendor. Um, to provide uh, facility and property management services, brokerage services, lease admin services, um, and to also provide some strategic input, um, both in the context of you know, our new development work and some of our existing um, assets. And so you know, I, I, I too have struggled a little bit in terms of my role in, in, in providing legal support, but also really helping guide um, how real estate, the real estate function um, works in our in our um, group. when i when I first started the organization, there really was a lack of standardization. And so when I came in, I was tasked with putting in place a lot of um, policies procedures, templates um, to kind of help um, create that standardization that uh, both Linda and Kelly were talking about. So, um, you know, echo a lot of their thoughts in terms of uh, uh, trying to get things into place that help things run a little bit smoother in the organization um, and partnering with our, our business partners to to make sure we're strategically aligned um, in terms of our real estate and what our operations are.
2: Sure. Yeah. And it's sort of another common theme that, you know, pretty much all of you have said is, is that, you know, you all have been in acquisition mode and, and growth mode and you know, there's all this real estate coming up. So, so, when those decisions are being made, you know, when, when, when you're acquiring, do you is, is sort of the is, is do you do you see that, or do you view real estate as sort of a, a, a central, you know, component or, or one of the essential elements to the decision to you know, acquire a hospital or expand, or is it just one of those things that you know there are other reasons for you know this deciding to acquire uh, a, a facility uh, or, or expanding to a new market, and then sort of the real estate it you know, kind of becomes the afterthought or, or, or you're, you guys are found in a situation where, okay, uh, we've got all this extra real estate now, what, what do we do with it? I, I guess how, how, to, to make the question more concise, uh, when do, you know, from, from what you've seen, when those decisions are made to go into growth mode, how, you know, what role does real estate play uh, in, in that decision?
3: Um, for SEL health, I would say really it starts as an operational strategy and so that's developed in terms of what markets um, we want to be in or expand to. And then real, the real estate is really pulled in more on the, on the back end, I would say, um, sure. and, and, and used to help sort of identify properties or specific areas for development. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's usually how it has functioned here. Um, I've been working with our team to, Try to get uh, get in a little bit earlier because I think there's certainly opportunity um, to evaluate real estate relative to organizational strategy um, earlier on. Um, so, you know, if, if I can sort of leverage um, our, our real estate support to be aligned with our goals and sort of bring that, I think that brings more value to the organization and some of the um, endeavors that we're looking at.
2: Sure, Mark, I see you smiling over there. <laughs> Kelly,
4: Kelly is so polite. I, I, at least in, in my experience, you know, the, they turn to real estate about three weeks before they think they want to complete the acquisition. You know, and they say, oh, by the way, we want to buy this practice. They have seven leases in seven different places and they own this building. And, and by the way, you know, half of the half of the doctors in the practice own the building. And, uh, you know, can you let us know if there are any issues? Right, and, and so, and then, you know, real estate gets blamed for the fact that the deal didn't close for three more months, when in fact it wasn't going to anyway, you know, but, um, but in my experience, the idea, and by the way, I, I mean, I did similar transactions at, at Eastman Kodak Company for years, and it was the same thing there too. I mean, it's not unique to the healthcare industry, um, but, uh, but real estate can, can be a bit of the, uh, you know, the poor stepchild coming along at the end. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, there, there are times when, you know, there's a real estate problem that might actually, um, you know, have an impact on the transaction. Um, usually it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, what you need to do short term and long term, which may mean maybe to get out of that lease space and, and find another one or consolidate. Um, yeah. But there's, there's a lot involved, as Kelly suggested. What do you think is the reason that it's it's sort of
2: at the back of everyone's mind? I mean, it sounds like it's 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 a common uh, theme throughout. Like, what is it? Are are the business leaders just not like they you know they just view real estate as you know a place to 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 put you know patients and doctors and don't view it as as something that should be part of the you know overall strategy for your organization or, or or what do you think causes it?
4: I can mean, say I, that you can say I think there's an element of that everybody thinks they understand real estate, right? Because we all drive in the parking lots and, and go into buildings and, and I, I think there's a there's a feeling of people who don't work in the real estate industry that, oh, it's you know, it's just a lease, you know, it's it's just it's just this building, you know, what what could go wrong, you know? And and so I think it gets taken for granted a little bit.
2: Linda, your organization was uh, successful, you know, recently sort of joining with another organization. I mean, we, you know, you we only need to check the news where, you know, one moment you hear about two, you know, organizations coming together and then, you know, something sort of uh, falls apart at the, at the last minute. That, that happens more often than not. Um, but, you know, when you were going through that transaction, you know, what was real estate, uh, I guess, what considerations did, did real estate play into, into the decision?
0: Well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, you know, it was such a large transaction. Um, and the real estate, you know, I think I've heard this, and, and it's nice to hear that my my uh, experiences are not unique, <laughs> um, and that it seems to be a similar uh, theme across organizations and not just healthcare organizations. But yeah, the real estate oftentimes is sort of, you know, while while, each of these entities in their own right could be deemed large real estate companies, right? We're all dedicated to healthcare and we have our mission as healthcare. So I think it's, you know, our companies are a little reticent to sort of acknowledge the fact that they are real estate holding companies and of very large portfolios in some instances. Um, uh, And they do, they view the real estate as they should as, as a means to the mission. And it's not, you know, the mission. It's a means to 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 carry out the mission. Um, so, to that vein, when we were when we were embarking on the combination of companies, the real estate wasn't going to hold it up. It, you know, to to Mark's point, it was how do we how do we uh, solve for problems as we go along because we are going to combine and we are going to become common spirit health. And how do we do that? And frankly, a lot of, uh, you know, there was some due diligence, but a lot of that, that work is happening now because combination uh, was effective in February of 2019. Um, but we were under two different systems and, and not just real estate, other systems throughout the company, as we move along, you know, we are, we are combining those systems and putting in uh, best practices across the company and real estate included and sort of uh, developing, new practices, procedures for real estate and other and other um, other departments. Um, and now we're sort of dealing with the real estate and how do we want it to look and how do we fix things that we feel like need to be fixed? Um, or how do we, you know, just what's the standard moving forward? And so, um, but we do, we see it, uh, you know, like, again, I echo my colleagues, it's, you, you get a transaction, My goal is always to be brought in early and often is what we say. Bring us in early and often because we can only we never want to hold up your transaction is what we tell our our stakeholders. We do not want to be the reason why you have to delay close. And if you bring me in early, I promise you I won't delay your closing. It's a big promise to make. But I think um, oftentimes they start to realize if they if you can get there, they start to realize, you know what, this is better. And they realize that given the number of real estate professionals we have, both on the on the legal and on the, um, on the corporate side, we actually have value to add and we can actually make your transaction better. Um, and the more you work with them and the more you're open to working with them and the more creative you can be and innovative you can be and nimble you can be, we're finding that they are turning to us more often earlier and often which is which is good for everybody
2: yeah so yeah linda it's not it sounds like you're you're sort of uh making an effort to talk to the to the right people let them know that that, that you're there that you're there to help and or it, it, it seems it sounds like you're open you're keeping the lines of communication open with the various business leaders and that that's helpful uh, in terms of just your everyday job yeah.
0: no absolutely we have a we have a I, I, it, we have a line in our little we call ourselves well we don't we were given the name the Rico which for all the lawyers in the here can can laugh at that it stands for the Real Estate Center of Excellence we were given that name as part of the legal department uh, so we like to joke that we're the Rico uh, but our motto in the Rico is hi we're from corporate how can we help. <laughs> <laughs> and we sort of try not to laugh every time we say it, but we, we do try to sort of live that motto of saying, you know, I, I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, I'm sitting here in Arizona or in California or wherever, you know, sort of the corporate system folks sit and I have to go to Arkansas and talk to hospital president and say, this is how you're going to do it or whatever, whatever state I'm in and they, you know, they sort of feel like they have their own way, their own ideas. Um, and we want them to know we're here to partner. We're not here just to say, this is how it's going to be. Um, that's not our goal at all. Our goal is to come in and, and understand the, the, st- the strategy and the goals and to really add value um, and show them that we can, our goal is never to stop a transaction, right? As lo- That's a general philosophy of lawyers we don't want to be the reason the deal doesn't happen uh, but we want to be in there early enough so that we can make sure the deal does happen and happens smoothly and happens you know to our best advantage
2: yeah kelly anderson do you get called you know early enough uh, with with some of these acquisition transactions um or or is it all is it also one of those things where you get pulled in last minute
1: uh, for real estate, no, they they call the legal department very early. Uh, fortunately, I, I will say though, when we're looking at you know physician acquisitions or other acquisitions of hospitals and other facilities, real estate's kind of an an afterthought. I guess um, we've gotten better as we've. Um, grown and increase the volume of our acquisitions and bringing real estate in earlier. But real estate in those scenarios, it's never going to kill the deal, you know. Um, it, it, but it is important to start the real estate due diligence very early. Um, because we've, we've ran into title issues, we've ran into environmental issues that ultimately haven't, um, again, stop the deal, but they take a while to resolve. And so we need to work parallel with the operations team uh, to transition uh, an organization that we're acquiring so that we can make sure that we deal with those Um, real estate, underlying real estate issues effectively. Um, Goran, you mentioned operating in silos, and I wanted to go back to that a little bit because um, real estate has an impact on a lot of other areas too. Um, For instance, reimbursement. So are we located in an off-campus facility? Are we acquiring an off-campus facility? Do we intend to build that as a hospital service? Can we get ops reimbursement if we acquire that facility that is off the campus? And so um, really, if you're looking at a real estate transaction, oh, yeah, it's off the interstate and it looks great because it has high visibility to highway traffic. Well, how will we get re- in that particular uh, facility, depending on what services that we're providing there. So we have to have the real estate team talking to the finance people, talking to the ops people, um, talking to the legal people. And, and a lot of times the lawyers kind of bring everybody together. You know, we're the ones that say, hey, did you think about um, the fact that this facility might not be good because of X, Y, Z? Um, you know, so real estate, you know, while it normally doesn't uh, kill the deal, so to speak, it has a lot of impact on the deal and it's important to bring all the people in at the right time.
2: Sure. So, so how do Kelly Anderson, how, how do you, is there anything that, that your department you know, does to kind of help keep those lines of communication open? I mean, are there regularly scheduled meetings that you all have or? Uh, any any insight you can share to kind of uh, you know help the listeners you know understand how what they can do to to kind of help make sure there's communication between the different departments?
1: Well, first, I think Baptist Health uh, may or may not be unique in that we have a terrific culture and people work really well together, and so. Yeah. Uh, that's not something that, you know, you can fix overnight, um, but we have incredibly great culture and we have individuals who are very collaborative um, and our, our, you know, our CFO um, is very good and uh, he wants to be involved and he takes an interest and he's kind to people when they come to him. Um, so all of the, those factors, I think, help. And frankly, the real estate person, he wants as many people involved as possible. And so you know, training that person who holds kind of the key. Uh, to make sure that they're communicating early to all of the right stakeholders, I think is very important. Uh, Fortunately, uh, uh, our real estate executive does do that. um, And I think that holds it together. And then the lawyers as well, you know, we, our philosophy and and my philosophy is you can't over-communicate. And that might be annoying to some of our operators, you know, um, but uh, you'll never be able to accuse me of not, uh, of keeping something secret. (laughs)
2: yeah that's great yeah culture is culture is so important it's great to hear that you know within your organization it's it, it, it sounds like people are wanting to, to work together and are, are interviewing each other as uh, uh, allies um uh, kelly adams you you had mentioned that you know you, you've got you've got the, the the legal aspect of the job but you also get uh pulled in, in operations as well um how, how do you know what do you all do within your organization to kind of keep the lines of of communication open between the different departments?
3: Yeah, I mean, we have some pretty um, set scheduling in terms of me- regular meetings with different departments. And, you know, I think a really large component of mitigating risk and preventing non-compliance in the real estate function in our organization is, and really in any organization, probably involves, you know, training and coordinating across our various departments. Um, and as Kelly said, I think as lawyers, we often do get put into that role where we're sort of being the connector and making sure everybody's on the same page and communicating about the various issues. Um, so I work really closely with our compliance team. I work with our accounting team um, and with um, our third party vendor who actually administers a lot of the agreements to ensure that you know, things are running smoothly and, and that we have um, proper structure in place um, to keep, to keep our portfolio compliant um, and to just to make sure folks are pulled in at the right, at the right junctures.
2: Yeah, compliance obviously is important, it's near and dear to my heart. But, uh, Linda, with when, when you look at the size of the portfolio that you all have, uh, how, how do you all help make sure all those uh arrangements uh are, are compliant?
0: Process, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are we are nerds for process in our department, and um, you know, we 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 early on decided that this is a bright line process and we are not going to run different processes for different types of transactions. Um, And, you know, I was not a healthcare uh, real estate attorney um, always. I I practiced regular old dirt laws. We stay on the East Coast uh, (laughs) before I came here um, and, and sort of learned the healthcare real estate part of it. And I remember when I started and I read the the Stark Law um, to get ready for my interview at then Dignity Health. And I said, what's the magic to this? This doesn't seem that hard. Yeah, it's got to be in writing. Okay, all they <laughs> are always in writing. And it has to say where, what the spaces and all. And I was sort of scratching my head at that point, uh, because I didn't really get like, what's the there's no magic to this. Um, and obviously, all of us here on this call understand that that's far too simplistic (laughs) and that there is a lot of magic to it. And there is a lot of, um, you know, monitoring and making sure things are right making sure you have the appropriate documentation and things are done timely. Um, and and there is, there's a lot of moving pieces. So there was a decision made, um, that we are just going to run this as a bright line. We are also a nonprofit organization. So we have, um, a duty really to be good stewards of our assets. And so uh, from any standpoint, physician, non-physician, we want to be a good steward. So our deals are always going to be market. We treat all of our transactions the same. Um, and that is really sort of the key to make, it was one of the regulatory keys to our process of, I am not going to engage in a discussion ahead of time is or is this a direct compensation arrangement an indirect compensation arrangement is it only a stark issue or is it only a kickback issue or do i only we don't do that uh, we have a process your lease is going to comply with the process and in complying with the process we we spit out regulatory compliant arrangements um, and so that is really the key and that's not to say you know, on a transaction where there's a lot of other things going on, and it's not real estate that we don't have to stop and, 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 you know, engage in some of those analysis on the front end. But for the lion's share of what we do, it complies with a process. um, And that process is compliant with the law. And if if the lease complies, then it complies with the law. And that's sort of how we, um, you know, run a machine, for lack of a better term, to make sure that what's the product that's coming out on the other end um, won't be problematic to us in the future.
2: Sure, uh, that's that, that's great advice. Um, you know, Mark, the way we view compliance, you know, we kind of separate it into two buckets. There's transactional compliance, there's operational compliance. You know, transactional compliance: Have you structured the arrangement correctly and in compliance with the applicable laws? And then operational compliance is: Are you administering that arrangement? Uh, you know, in a, in compliance with the agreed upon um, uh, terms. Uh, so, when you know, what do you see as being more difficult? Is is it to structure those arrangements, you know, correctly? Is, is, the, is that where most of the work goes, or, or or do you see there being more challenges in really administering those arrangements once they've been entered into in a compliant manner?
4: Um. Well, my first confession in our confessions uh, <laughs> session is that uh, that I like Linda. You know, was a traditional dirt lawyer, and uh, and I I may still be catching up on on you know the healthcare regulatory side of of what we do, um, and it, so I I am glad to be in a department that has uh, fourteen other lawyers, several of whom uh, know Stark and kick, and I kickback and so forth much better than I do, um, and so um, you know. From my perspective, a lot of it uh, boils down to uh, you know following you know following the process of setting up the transaction. And but I'm much less involved in uh, you know in looking at the the operational side once uh, once things are put in place.
2: Sure. What about you, Kelly Anderson? Are you um, do you get involved in the operational um, side as well as the um, transactional when setting these arrangements up to be compliant?
1: I guess, Goran, what, what do you mean by operational? How we're going to operate within a, a, a uh, space uh, or?
2: Like, for example, if it's a lease, you know, and you've got a rent escalator, uh, just making sure that the rent has actually been escalated and, and, and the proper amount of the lease is, you know, being no, things like that.
1: N- yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, the legal department does not. You know, our strategy ideas like, um, like Linda and Mark, we also have a process in place. Uh, we have standardized forms. We have fair market value opinions that have to be executed up front. Uh, we have a committee of our boards that approve all compensation arrangements with physicians or uh, potential and in invested or interested um, individuals. And um, we execute Uh, arrangements in accordance with those uh, policies and procedures. And then at the back end, you know, compliance periodically as part of their work plan would audit and monitor compliance with the agreement itself. Um, That it's really operations uh, role to, you know, operate the agreement in accordance with its terms.
2: Sure. That makes sense. Kelly Adams.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I think my role is a little bit different from what I'm hearing. I get pulled in a lot of times um, when issues are identified like, oh, they're using a different space than what, you know, the lease was for. And so no matter, even if I feel like we've done a really good job in terms of setting the process up front um, so that it's, you know, standardized and we've got our fair market value rates, we've got a floor plan, you know, we've ticked all the boxes. um, I think during the life cycle of the arrangement, oftentimes, issues come up, whether they are billing issues. Um, I get pulled into that a lot. You know, we didn't escalate rent. Um, You know, we haven't been billing through operating expenses, things like that. So um, I often get pulled in to do compliance analysis um, when those issues have occurred and then figuring out one, you know, a plan, a process to sort of remediate or reconcile payments. And then two, using those specific instances as um, kind of a case study into, okay, wh- why did this happen and how do we fix it? And what better controls and guardrails can we put into place to prevent these issues from popping up again?
2: Sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Lessons learned. is so important to you know, making sure that, uh, you know, similar mistakes are, are made in the future.
3: Yeah. Um, and I, I came from private practice where, um, you know, I had clients um, that were national clients with very structured real estate um, uh, portfolios and processes. And so it was a little bit of a shock when I came in and realized a lot of that was lacking um, at our, at my system here. Um, and so it's been a good experience to be able to help sort of facilitate putting those things into place and drawing on experience that I've had um, from private practice. But um, I, I actually started my career as a healthcare um, attorney. I, I worked with a partner who did exclusively healthcare real estate. And so um, I'm, I, you know, I think oftentimes there's either healthcare attorneys who become healthcare real estate attorneys or real estate lawyers who become healthcare real estate attorneys. So I think my yeah. path has been a little bit unique, but um, certainly has benefited uh, my path so far.
2: Sure. No, that's great. Uh, so Kelly Adams, how, how would you measure success as it relates to the real estate function? What, what would be, you know, it, kind of in your ideal world, you would say, okay, this is, you know, if, if we achieve these goals, both within, you know, uh, my scope of responsibilities and the real estate function as a whole, uh, then, 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 you know, goal accomplished, uh, happy with the result.
3: Yeah. I mean, as we sort of talked about, I think if I can help facilitate real estate being, you know, really evaluated upfront with the organizational strategy, um, I think that's a big win. Uh, you know, I, like others have said, real estate's often an afterthought in my organization. And if I can, sort of get in earlier um, with various transactions that we're working on or getting people to think strategically about how we can use our portfolio to benefit the organization, um, then that is certainly a way that I measure um, success. And then, you know, I think the other um, piece would be, as we've also talked about sort of limiting risk for the organization in the context of real estate. And I guess what I mean by that specifically is helping the organization avoid some of the common compliance pitfalls that we've talked about Um, you know, which can trigger anti-kickback or Stark issues. Um, So, you know, the more I can get to a level where it sounds like Linda and Kelly and Mark are at in terms of just having standardized processes um, for facilitating our agreements and really controls to manage the portfolio and create structure and communication among the various um, departments. I think that that is where I um, see as an area that I can be successful in.
2: That's great. Kelly Anderson, what about you? How, how would you define uh, success uh, in, the, in the real estate function?
1: Well, um, it's real simple, closing a real estate transaction on time and on budget. Um, but beyond that, really, as Kelly said, managing the risk to identify real estate issues and concerns prior to taking title. Um, you know, I remember many, many, many years ago, uh, before we had a policy in place related to our foundations. Um, it, it, property was donated to us, and it had um, a gas station on that property many years before. Uh, lo and behold, there was a leaky underground storage tank on that property, and. So it is the gift that continues to give. So we use that often as an example of this is why you follow the process. You know, let's look at the property before we accept um, even a donation or um, a bequest. (laughs) Uh, So managing risk and of course, closing on time and budget.
2: Linda, what about you?
0: Yeah, I would echo what Kelly Adams and Kelly Anderson said. It's you know, from, from a big picture standpoint is, are my clients happy? Do they feel comfortable uh, to just call, pick up the phone and reach out? And that includes real estate, but also hospital presidents, really fostering um, those relationships with leadership so that they understand that we are here to provide value and we can and we do. Um, and, and really becoming a trusted advisor where at the very inception, they pick up the phone and say, we're going to do this. What do you think? What should we think about this? What should I be thinking about in advance? Can we even do it with this property? Um, those are that's wonderful when that happens. Um, and then yeah, once once we get that trust is actually really executing and providing good service um, and and creative service to get to get to the end goal. And 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 agreed. It, uh, part of that is is reaching out and speaking. I've had to do presentations in front of our foundation boards for the exact reasons that Kelly was just mentioning is, you know, the acceptance of donations, you know, be wary of people carrying gifts is what we always say. (laughs) And and we've had those horror stories as well. Um, And, you know, we treat all real estate transactions the same regardless of their value. So even if it's a donation, it still has to go through the real estate due diligence process and, we still put a purchase and sale agreement in place, even for no consideration where we have those periods of time to do our look at it. And uh, so, yeah, so again, just happy clients being involved early and often and and returning a good quality product that keeps people coming back.
2: Sure. Yeah. As the old saying goes, no good deed goes unpunished, right? <laughs> exactly Right. <laughs> Mark, uh, we're going to conclude with you. What's uh, you know what what's what's the goal for the real estate function uh, from your perspective and for
4: your organization? Well, you know, I think it's really a lot of what's already been touched on. You know, m- managing risk and uh, and yeah, some days it's just keeping up, right? Uh, uh, but you know, the one other thing that I would add is um, within our organization, the, the biggest real estate decisions get made by people who aren't real estate people. Right, and, and that's typically our CFO. Um, and uh, a, a few years ago, the most valuable uh, time that I spent was uh, was walking around walking around campus with our CFO, the person who's not our CFO. I got sure. to know her very well uh, personally. She didn't have time to walk anymore, um, but uh, but so you know, being able to sit down with her and be sort of an interpreter. You know, somebody will come to come to her with you know a forty-page lease or some complicated real estate transaction, and she wants to know what's going on. You know, and yeah. so you know a lot of times I, I think with whether it's the board of trustees facilities committee or our CFO or our president, just being being able to sit down and explain to them you know in a in a big picture way and the way that they need to understand it, um, you know what's happening with a particular location uh, and, uh, and transaction. Well, this has been extremely insightful for me. I
2: really uh, appreciate all of you uh, taking the time to uh, share your uh, expertise and um, experience with us and uh, thank you all.
1: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode,